On July 26, Gabriel will be at the Royal Bear in Algona, Washington. July 27, he will be at the Lucky Dog Casino near Union, Washington. Union, Washington is near nothing. July 31, August 3, Gabriel will be at the Looney Bin in Little Rock, Arkansas. Arkansas in prime cockroach season. Nice looking. For more info and for all of Gabriel's show dates go to GabrielRutledge.com. Ready or not, episode 30 of Happiness Isn't Funny with Gabriel Rutledge starts right now. And now here's your host Gabriel Rutledge. Do po po. Hello. Am I being quieter? I feel like I'm being quieter because uh, <laughs> I'm in a condo with other humans. Uh, the MC in the middle act also staying at this house in uh, Oklahoma City. Uh, having a, having a great week here at the Looney Bend in Oklahoma City. I always when people are like, "What are your favorite?" places to play I, I often say oklahoma city is one of my like top five and they look at me like i'm insane but it's uh not a great club pretty packed i mean for summer pretty packed merch is great crowds are great i'm great you're great god is great cheese great uh it is hot as shit here. It's uh, been between 98 and 100, and uh, not a dry heat. Uh, but uh, actually kind of, you know, I mean, it's windy, super windy in Oklahoma. You know the song, Oklahoma, where the wind comes whipping down the plain. I don't remember how it goes, but that's no bullshit. It's very windy here. I mean, even when we landed uh, the plane, it was like, I mean, usually there's bumps on the way down. But, th- I mean, we were we were, we were moving like 20 feet off the ground, uh, which is a little nerve-wracking. Also, um, the pilot had a man bun, which is a little unsettling. I, I saw the man bun going to the cockpit. I was like... I hope you're making lattes up there, not flying this thing. He didn't look like a You see a guy with a man bun. Uh, he does not look like a pilot, despite the uniform. He, look, he looked like a barista dressed like a pilot for Halloween. I know I've heard sexist men before say they get nervous when there's a woman pilot. I, that's never bothered me. But apparently a dude in a man bun, I start uh, throwing out some uh, judgments and prejudice. Like, I'm not sure you're good with choices. Maybe maybe you're not the guy to land this windy-ass plane. I don't, I don't want a scrunchy popping off when we hit the runway. I don't trust it. Not a bit. One nice thing about uh, it being hot and windy here. You know, I like my women like I <laughs> like my weather. Hot and windy. Uh... It's you know you've heard people say before like when it's windy and hot that it's like walking around in a hair dryer, but like I didn't bring a hair dryer and this condo doesn't have a hair dryer. Welcome to Hair Talk with Gabriel Rutledge. I mean, look, I don't, I don't, I don't dry my hair every day, but if I have something new in the morning, I don't, you know, I had morning radio. I don't want to, 
walk in looking like a drowned rat. You know? What if the public sees me? I'm super famous. I have an image to uphold. Like, What if someone's like, I saw you in Nick Mom Night Out in 2000-whatever. <laughs> that wouldn't happen because I didn't look the same then. That's how I can tell. Uh, comedians know this. I don't know if the public knows this. But all the time people say to me, because the, when they introduce me, they'll be like, you've seen him on Comedy Central. Uh, and then after the show, people will be like, I saw you on Comedy Central. And 95% of the time, no, they did not. Because, you know, it. I don't think it reruns. It was on in 2009. Hasn't rerun since 2010. I had short hair. No beard. You didn't see it. But you can't argue. You can't be like, no, I bet you didn't see me. Because then, you know. Then they end up saying, well, I'm pretty sure you heard those jokes before, and then you feel bad about yourself. But, uh, yeah, it is a funny thing. No matter what credits, even when they make up credits, people were like, yeah, I saw that. But, yeah, here in Oklahoma City, you just stand outside for 10, 15 minutes. Nature's hair dryer will take care of it. I mean, yeah, you might get a cicada in your hair, but... I mean, if, if you're from the South, you're very familiar with the sounds of the cicada. Sounds like a Yanni album, but uh, from for for a Northwest person, it's it's a pretty cool sound. Just it sounds like sprinklers, but it's not sprinklers. Just everywhere you go near a tree, this is what you hear. It's loud. It's kind of like crickets, but not. You know. I guess it's kind of the sound you have in your head when a joke doesn't work on stage. <laughs> if you're like, dumb fuck, I thought you said nunchucks. Anyway, folks, thanks for coming out. I love, oh, there's nothing more exciting for a comedian than to watch another comedian bomb. Uh, it's more fun if you know them, but it's always kind of fun. But I love the things the comedians say after a joke that doesn't work. And I've done it too. Uh, but yeah, you say a joke, it's supposed to get a laugh, there's a weird silence, and then the comedian will just say something. You can tell they have no control what's coming out of their mouth to just be like, ah, oh, anyway, it's a crazy world out there. Like, what? You... You just did a joke about cicadas. What, what is that crazy world? I also love it when you see a comic bomb so hard it turns into a TED talk. Where like the jokes aren't working, so they just be like, you know what, you guys? It's all about laughter. If we can laugh at each other, it's good for everybody. We all need to laugh more. Yeah, the crowd's like, we were trying. You're fucking terrible. We would love to come together as a group, but your terrible material is not helping. I mean, we're all the same inside, right? Black, white, other colors. Anyway, folks, how about a round of applause for the wait staff? They're working hard out there for you. Please kill me. Ah, what else is going on? 
That's my favorite thing to hear a comedian say. Ah, what else is going on? I, I don't know. You tell me. You've got the microphone. We're all looking at you. Ah, what else is happening out in that crazy world where we're all the same inside? Maybe we should do awkward, awkward comedian segues in like real conversation. <laughs> like if you get a lunch with a friend just in the middle of talking, if you're like, ah, what else is happening? Oh, did you see this in the news? Oh, this is crazy. <laughs> I have wanted to give a friend the light when their story went too long. And by friend, I mean wife. It was my, uh, it was my anniversary yesterday. Well, not just mine. My wife's also. We share it. That's how much in love we are. We, we share the same anniversary. A lot of couples have different anniversaries, not us. Joint celebration. I'm in Oklahoma City. There's, you know, it was just me and the cicadas. There was not much celebration. Um, hold on. Let me have a sip of this terrible coffee. Oh. I actually like my coffee like I like my women. Uh, instant. I'm drinking. I don't even remember the last time I drank instant coffee, but that's all they had here in the condo, and I never bought any anywhere else. And I mean, it gets the job done. You know, it's what you do when you're a drug addict. You do what's available. That's, <laughs> that's when you realize you're not just drinking coffee for enjoyment, where you're like, instant coffee? No, fucking I need it now. There's not too many picky addicts. You know, I don't think there's too many alcoholics who only get drunk on like grapefruit IPAs. Maybe there are. Maybe there are some IPA-aholics. Same with food, I guess. No, you know, when you go crazy, you eat like, you know, an entire bag of chips. You're never like, I cannot believe I ate all of that broccoli. Oh, I need some discipline. One year, uh, on our anniversary, uh, I think it was a, yeah, it was a Monday, and, whoa, shit, a bird just flew next to my window here. <whistles> Looks fancy, too. Orange beak, little orange mohawk. Look at you. Is your dad a pilot? Is that why you have an orange mohawk? It's a cool-looking bird. This is a good podcasting. My new podcast is going to be Shit I See Out the Window. <laughs> he flew away. Even birds hate podcasting. Uh, what was I talking about? Holy shit. Uh, oh, anniversary. I had a show at the Red Wind Casino in Yelm on uh, my wife and I's wedding anniversary. So we got a babysitter. That's like 30, 25 minutes from where we live. Uh, Monday night, 6 p.m. casino gig. And, uh, you know, we got to eat for free in the little employee cafeteria, which, you know, I was teasing my wife. I'm like, hey, I said stick with me, you know. I said someday I, this show business would pay off. And look at us now, eating tray lasagna. In an employee break room. And then uh, I went and did the show. And it was a two-headliner show. Like two 45-minute sets. I was going first. So 6 p.m. on a Monday. 
and the crowd was old, old, like, how old? I don't know, elderly. They were old, like average age deceased old. That's how old. And I had just gotten off the road on like a fairly long trip. And sometimes when you, you know, I was like headlining on the road. And so you just get used to walking on stage and have people pay attention to you. But 6 p.m. in a lounge at the Red Wind Casino in Yelm, you got to, you know, you got to kind of like butter them up a little bit. You got to be, hey, you got to be more hosty. How's it going? What's, what else is going on? You got to do a bunch of shit. And I just walked up there and I, I opened with a joke I'd been oh, I can't remember exactly the joke. The joke was basically about um I don't I don't remember it's something about the joke was about getting the insurance paying for the insurance when you get a rental car so you can shit in the car or so I don't that wasn't it was better than that, but that that was the gist of the joke. And uh not only did my opening joke get nothing, but the whole show was pretty much So yeah, I bombed in front of my wife on our anniversary. I mean, just happy anniversary, honey. Let's celebrate by watching your husband eat a hot bowl of shit. Bomaroo. And then like, so not all, I was supposed to be clean too, which I was pretty clean, but they called the the casino entertainment people called the booker and they said I was too dirty and they said <laughs> they told they told her that like so so the booker calls me and they're like Gabe you're usually so appropriate like what what happened they said you had a joke about shitting on a chair and I had to be like no that's not tr- no it was a joke about shitting in a car they're wrong it's stupid I wish I could remember the joke. It, it wasn't a great joke, but it was better than just I shit in a rental car. I can't remember how the joke went, but you know, if you ever if you're a young comic and you ever hear me say I've forgotten more material than you've written, I'm not saying it to insult you. I'm wishing I could remember that material. That's all. A couple episodes ago. Uh, I mentioned, uh, I said something, I was talking about money, comedy money, and I said, I don't know if anyone is interested in the economics of comedy, and uh, I got like three people, I just kind of threw it out there, but I I got like, uh, well, I got an iTunes review, which I'll read, and please, other people leave me iTunes reviews too, it makes me feel like my life means something, Uh, from War John. Go Cougs. We went to high school together. Um, uh, I like learning about the economics of comedy. I mean, if you have to learn about economics of something. That's a fair point. In high school, if they would have been like, we have economics and we have stand-up comedy economics, I would have taken stand-up comedy economics. Uh, and then I also I got an email from, some, I don't know, Scott? I won't say last name because he, he said uh, it's good learning about the economics of a comp. All right, let me read it. I'm misquoting. Hold on. 
Hold on. I wish that bird would come back so I'd have something to talk about. Uh, what happened? Oh. Uh, thanks for the financials. I like hearing that I could be making more money being a comic. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, Scott, I... I, uh, I, this is the thing, uh, I actually, this sounds like I'm bragging, but I don't mean it to be bragging. I can't, I don't make that much money, but I can't believe how much money I make, if that makes any sense. Like, I can't quit doing this and do something else that pays me the same amount of money at this point in my life with zero training. And, you know, uh, I dropped out of community college. I got what I needed out of it, a wife, and uh, <laughs> uh, never went back because I was pretty sure the band was going to make it. So I, I have zero job skills. So I don't even know. I mean, yeah, I'm not an idiot. I could do something. I could work at Costco. But, you know, I'd probably walk in the first day and be like, what else is going on? How about a round of applause for your shopping cart staff? They're doing a good job out there. Follow me on social media. Be like, Gabe, uh, it's not going to work out here at Costco. The samples are for the customers, Gabe. Sorry, I'm just used to getting free food at my old job, or at least half off chicken strips. Uh, but yeah, so the this is the problem with the money I make. Is if I made what uh, the amount of money I make, if I just made it the same every month, like if it was a real job, uh, it would be great. But it's you know some weeks I'm profiting two grand, some weeks I'm profiting two hundred, some weeks zero, some weeks four hundred, some you know what I mean? It's like all over the map, and I have to, you know, I have to oh I gotta buy three hundred and fifty dollars worth of flights to make $1,200 two months from now. Or I got to spend two or $300 to buy shirts so I can sell those shirts. You know, it's a lot of, uh, it's a tough way to make, uh, you know, any job where you have to spend money to make money kind of sucks. And I know comedy's not the only one like that. But uh, um, yeah, I'm not, when I'm talking about the economics of comedy, I'm not, uh, I'm actually very, uh, grateful to be a middle class person and get to do what I do. Maybe lower middle class. It's not your fucking business, but you know, I I never thought I'd make it this far. So, uh, hello. This is a commercial word for Anchor Podcasts, the easiest way to host your podcast. Um, if you don't have a podcast, congratulations. You probably have an enjoyable life full of friends family and fun uh but if you do have a podcast um i'm sorry and you should use anchor podcasts uh it's easy it's free uh they distribute everything for you they give you sponsorship which apparently is just talking about anchor i guess that's their sponsorship but i don't want to brag but i make you know maybe six bucks a month doing this so worth it of course it is uh go to anchor.fm or the Anchor app. We now return to another 
riveting episode of the Rutledges. I'm not, um, I'm not necessarily complaining, um, but it is. Well, look, I got an email. I'll read it to you. Good news, everybody. Gabriel is going to complain about his comedy career again. Hey, I just, I just said I'm grateful. What do you want from me? Anyway, I'm going to complain about my comedy career now. Uh, okay, so I was talking about, uh, obviously, I'm not doing any names. Uh, but, you know, I was talking about how it was, I was doing Funny Bones, which is a big chain of comedy clubs. And actually, there's some improvs in there, too. And I had never done them before. And it was like, uh, it's a big deal to do them because I never, honestly, I never thought I would be headlining funny bones and they all pay pretty well and you know when i look at the posters it's like you know a wayans brother or a famous person or and then it's like me uh with a picture my wife took of me (laughs) which (laughs) i mean they look fine my headshots look fine but i just you know it's when you're looking at people who are in movies and tv shows and lifetime show business careers, and uh, my last TV credit was uh, Inside Joke with Asif Ali on Amazon Prime last year. Uh, you know, it's not, I'm not talking about talent, I'm not talking about how the audience feels when they leave the show, but yeah, may, I'm like, I'm happy to be doing these clubs, but this kind of seems like a make-a-wish, like what... <laughs> Did I, you know, I hope this stays. And uh, so, I, you know, uh, as we do in the comedy business, we, we, we send out avails, it's called. Um, meaning uh, the funny bone guy, he said, eh, every, you know, four to six weeks, send me an email with what you have available. You know, most times he doesn't do anything. Sometimes he plugs me in someplace. And it's for stuff usually you know, six months in advance, that kind of thing. And, uh, so I get, (laughs) I get this email, uh, from the guy who books the funny bones after I send, uh, an email with my avails. Uh, and the email says, uh, Gabriel, thanks for the email. I don't have anything at the moment, but we'll file this email in a manner to keep you top of mind. In regard to 2020, it will likely not be until November or December before I would have any kind of potential offer. For full transparency, you have been getting rave reviews on your stage performance. Unfortunately, paid tickets to come see you are just not enough! We obviously desire to book the funniest acts possible, but today's economics also dictate door sales, meaning we need a better balance. In summary, Due to low door sales, the bookings for you will likely be on a much shorter term notice for future work, which may be problematic since you seem to do a great job of filling your calendar. I'm not trying to be a downer with this email, rather just be as transparent as possible in my process. Well, guess what? It was a downer. (laughs) I mean, fuck me in the mouth. That... And what he means by... Um, what he means, you know, he, you know, I'm filling 
the odds that I'm going to have a full week open for like February and December are not that likely. And he knows that. But he's saying, I'm going to be more of a last-minute booking now, if I'm a booking at all. And I am not mad at all at this person, because he's being, like he said, he's being transparent as possible with his process. It, I guess I thought, well, here's what I responded. I said, I understand. I was hoping some of the people you gave free tickets to would come back and see me next time. I guess we'll see when I do Des Moines again. Ha. I appreciate all the work. I didn't mean that, huh? Uh, because how it works is it's called papering the room in the comedy business. Um, if you've ever been to a comedy club, sometimes they, they'll send you an email and they'll say, hey, you want to come back? You and four of your friends? And so when I'm going to these funny bones, the vast majority of people in the room are there on free tickets. And the club still makes some money because they get them with drinks and they get them with food, right? And so, I don't know, I thought, because honestly, the attendance has been decent. But, uh, well, for example, when I was in uh, Syracuse, pretty much every show was packed. And then they gave me a printout at the end of the week with uh, how many because a lot of people who go there have door deals. You know, I don't, but uh, it was a printout of how many paid tickets were at each show. And so, again, like I said, almost all the shows were close to sold out, 250 plus people. And it, then you look at the sheet of paper. I wish I still had it. I don't. But it's like it was like Friday attendance, 220 paid tickets, 13. Saturday, first show attendance. 280 paid tickets 21 so i just thought okay look they're paying me 1500 bucks they're gonna pay the person next week 10 grand i'm good for them they can just give away some tickets i think still make some money uh pay me 1500 bucks i thought you know that was kind of the system and uh you know, the last week I did was the, a weekend, July 4th weekend, which I hope he's not holding against me because that's a terrible weekend for all comedy clubs. But it's, I, don't, I guess in my mind I thought, like just to be honest, like the last funny bone I did was in Toledo, Ohio. If I was at the point in my career where I was a big draw, if I could, not even big, if I could sell a hundred tickets, if I could find a hundred people in Dayton, Ohio, who would pay to see me specifically, I wouldn't be headlining the Funny Bone for $1,500. So I kind of thought that's the arrangement we had. You know, <laughs> of, co of course I'm not a draw at these places I've never been before. Um, so, you know... It's, it sucks. I don't, I'm not saying I'm, I still have some scheduled with him and I'm not saying I'll never work again and maybe I'll luck into a TV credit that helps me, but that has never happened so far. Um, but you know, I was doing okay before I was in the funny bones and I'll do okay if I'm not in them anymore. It's like, 
it's a slow grind of like, you know, the person I'm working with this week, they're like, hey, you ever work uh, uh, side splitters in Tampa? And I'm like, no, nah, I emailed that guy a couple years ago. He never got back to me. Hey, I know the new booker. I'll try to get you in. Will it happen? Eh, probably about a 7% chance it will happen. But you keep going. You just keep adding because life keeps subtracting. That's my inspirational talk. Keep adding because life keeps subtracting. So, yeah, man, that was a fucking gut punch to just, like, get an email that's like, yeah, you're hilarious, but that doesn't fucking matter. And I knew that. Everyone in comedy knows that. You know? Um, but it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know. I'm, uh, I am the only one I'm going back to, unless they cancel me, is, uh, Des Moines, Iowa. That will be my second time back. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm here at the Oklahoma City Looney Bin, and I, I'm not saying I'm a draw here, but I think every show, there's at least a couple of tables who come to see me on purpose. And I've, been coming to this club for nine years, ten years. You know, it takes it takes a long time to be any kind of draw in any city unless you have fame. Um, and uh, I, you know, I don't. You know, I have it's I have like less than sixteen hundred Twitter followers. Of course I'm not a draw in Dayton, Ohio, or Toledo, Ohio, or Syracuse, or Albany. You know, it's, that's not uh, the place I'm at, and I, I knew that, but I guess maybe he didn't. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, in the way that it, Everything in comedy kind of feels temporary. Like, I, I, uh, hey, if I only get to go through all the funny bones once, awesome. It was fun. Um, and, uh, the feeling I had that I hope this isn't temporary, uh, turned out to be a proper premonition, I guess. But we'll see. Who knows? You never know what's gonna fucking happen. Um, but it is, I do appreciate the honesty because he could just not respond to my emails. You know? Uh, which people do that all the time, but it's, it's weird. I'm, I, you kind of have to keep the illusion going that something's always happening in your comedy career. Um, it's, you know, thousands of people, especially at the headliner level who are just like, oh yeah, book me now. Cause shit's about to break. And no, no, it's not. Um, I mean, maybe it will, but I've, it's almost 19 years of comedy and, uh, I have never had a coming of age performance yet. It's just been one baby step at a time. Um, but even when I, I got picked up from the airport, uh, from the club owner here in, uh, Oklahoma city, who's a great guy. He's got one of those voices. It's just like, Hey, Good to see you again. I'm like, oh, man. Is beef what's for dinner? Beef. Uh, and he's like, so you got any, you know, uh, you got any, uh, you got any TV coming up? 
and I was tired, and I forgot. <laughs> and look, I can be honest. I've been here a bunch of times. They don't book stars. They don't book stars here at the Looney Bins. And my first answer was like, no, I don't have any TV coming up. And then I remembered that I am a comedian who headlines comedy clubs. And I'm supposed to keep the illusion going. Uh, and then I was like, wow. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm actually talking to somebody from America's Got Talent. Uh, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Which, look, someone from America's Got Talent saw my clip on Facebook that was viral. They sent me an email. They said they're a producer. They're like, send me a bunch of video. I want to make like a sizzle reel for you to like pitch you. And then I haven't heard from that person in a month, including I emailed them a week ago and said, hey, just wanted to follow up on this. So is it a lie to say I'm talking to someone from America's Got Talent? No. But like, how far away am I from actually appearing on America's Got Talent? Oh, uh, a fucking marathon away. But <laughs> it's better for me to say, like, well, I got some, you know, talking to America's Got Talent. We'll see. Because you can't admit you're done. Not that I think I am done. But I can't be, when he's like, got any TV coming up? Oh, God, no. Not even close. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know anything about show business. I, I have a new joke about squirrels. I think you'll enjoy is, you know, so it, it's, uh, I'm not that good at the, that kind of, uh, bullshit PR you have to do to the world and to club owners to just be like, oh yeah, shit's about to pop off because I'm 45. Uh, history has shown me shit is not about to pop off. Some comedians uh, are so good at the bullshit game that it, I think it crosses to the other side. Like, you know, like I said, I got an email from someone apparently affiliated with America's Got Talent. So I'm exaggerating, but it did happen. But I've, um, you know, I've talked to it. There's people who, like every show they do, they're like, I'm about to tape a Netflix special. And the crowd's like, holy shit. And then they're not. They're just... They're always, if you know them over the years, you're like, oh, they're always lying. You were lying back when you said you were about to have a Comedy Central special 10 years ago. You're lying about the Netflix special. You're lying about how you're about to be on Conan. There's just people who make up shit, but you know what? It's not the worst thing in the world to do. You know? When, when someone's walking through the mall in Syracuse, and they see the funny bone next to the cheesecake factory. And they're they're you know, they're they see a poster with me on it. You know, we I want them to think, Oh, I never heard of this guy, but he must be a big fucking deal. I don't want him I don't want him to be like, Oh, that's a that's a picture his wife took of him in front of old school pizza in Olympia. <laughs> You know, so, but I'm not good at that. I'm not good at the illusion. I wrote a whole book uh, that busted the illusion. Uh, 
in, you know, and I'm doing way better than I was when I wrote the book, but it's, uh, you know, sometimes we'll, if you open for a famous person, someone in the crowd will, after the show will be like, you know, if they're complimentary, they'll be like, you were great. I would have paid just to see you. And no, they wouldn't have. Because they never heard of me. And of course, that's not a slight, you know, why would they? And here's the other side of it. There's very few, like, credits you can get that are, like, huge life-changing credits. Like, you know, a couple years ago, I thought I was going to get The Tonight Show. Let's say that happened. Let's just sit in that moment for a minute. That would be fun. Anyway, let's say I did. I'd still be in Oklahoma City at the fucking Looney Bin for the same amount of money. I'd still be not selling tickets at the Syracuse Funny Bone. It's, there's very few, you know, I think in the 80s, it was like you did Johnny Carson and the next day your life changed. There isn't anything like that. If you go really far in America's Got Talent, maybe. Um, but uh, other than that, it's not, it's just not, even Netflix is not, uh, people way above me in comedy. People with Netflix specials, people with late night credits, they talk about how they can't draw. People with huge podcasts, um, they talk about how they can't draw people. But that's the economics of comedy for the person who books the funny bones is like, uh, let's say, and let's say uh, that weekend in Syracuse when most of the shows were full but hardly anyone bought tickets. Let's say instead of fifteen. Let's say instead of 20 paid tickets a show, it was 50. So 30 extra tickets a show times five shows. I'm doing math right now. That's an extra 150 people. We'll say $15 tickets. That's an extra 20. That's $2,250 more that the club would have taken in that week. Uh, of course, they probably would have paid the comic some of that, but you know, it's not just because I'm a funny guy. The club owner, the the club booker, can't be like, let's make twenty two hundred dollars less a week because he's so funny, you know. So, uh, it's that email did not tell me anything I didn't know about the economic realities of being a stand up comic, but it's still like, ah. Oh. That was a first thing in the morning email too, like ah, wake up, new fresh day. Get myself a coffee, crack open the old emails, and see what life had. Oh, fuck. Ow. Ooh. Mm. But, you know, the good news is, the same day I learned I might not be working one of the biggest comedy club chains in the country anymore, uh, I did book a gig at the Royal Bear in Algona, Washington. So, I guess it really is true. When God closes a door, sometimes you gotta smash open a window and go crawl to the Royal Bear in Algona and do a fucking show. Because you're a professional comedian and it's a pretty nice loophole in adulthood and quit your bitching. Okay, 
Uh, I would love it if you left him a review. Uh, got some positive feedback on my wife being a co-host uh, or a guest last week. Um, I think I'll do that on occasion. I like having her on. I might occasionally on the road have a guest. Um, not very often, but uh, I might I might start doing that. We'll see. I'm 30 in. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing yet. I mean, 30 episodes in. I'm much farther than 30 into life. But, uh, uh, I mean, you know, get in now because this podcast is about to blow the fuck up. That's what I've been telling bookers. I'm like, you ever heard of the Joe Rogan experience? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, me too. That'd be nice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, anyway, this podcast is free and it's worth it. Talk to you next week. Show's over. We're done. Bye.